this one time at a game. I got pregnant against my will. Well, not me, my character. And it didn't happen once, but twice. Both times were at a LARP, which somehow made it even creepier because my male storytellers just looked me in the face and told me like it was no big deal. The first time my character got pregnant, it was upsetting. I rolled with it, though, and did my best to turn it into plot. I had never been pregnant in real life, so it mostly just bothered me as a woman in favor of controlling my own body. The second time my character got pregnant, well, that time was three months after I had endured a terrible pregnancy that ended with a miscarriage and talk of complications for any future pregnancies. My husband and I tried for a very long time to get pregnant, so this was a traumatic, real event that hit us pretty hard, and this event game happened just a few weeks later. So driving nine hours to an event game and then being told that myself and every female character that went into the game's adventure came out of the Umber Realm pregnant was devastating, not only for myself as a player, but I had other players that had traveled with us to this event, coming to me in tears over it. When I went to speak to the game runner and tell him that this wasn't acceptable, he was very casual, with no empathy, told me, when you get back to your home game, you can work it out with your storytellers to have the baby injured or killed while still in the womb during a combat, or they can run a miscarriage scene for you. It was one of the most horrifying things I had ever had said to me at a game. Okay, roll for initiative. Welcome to On a Roll, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role-playing game is to have have fun. fun. Ooh, that was perfect. We're getting better. You guys are awesome. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm the curmudgeon. And joining me is the legend, Carrie. It's me. And, of course, Jason, the favorite. That's right, the favorite. When last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were talking about... Um, what were we? What did we talk about last week? Uh, I don't what listen. we were all doing? Yeah, I don't yeah, listen to this we're podcast. Uh, Whatever. I don't listen to that party anyway. Yeah, Jason, know. what's up with you? Uh, <clears throat> still mostly just work because we're on uh, seven days a week schedule. Uh, but I've been trying to do some reading to help me with... Orion, the space LARP, and uh, oh, you've called you've decided to call it Orion. Yes, because that's the name of the part of the galaxy that we're in. Orion. I think I think naming it after me is a wonderful. wonderful <laughs> that's a good thing. choice. That's a yeah, yeah. Oh, Ryan. The the best part is because it's a space LARP. You'll probably never go. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. Well, if it was a Star Wars LARP, you would. Right, but yeah. you're not that creative. No, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> Well, if I was creative to run a Star Wars LARP, I would try to get a job at Disney. And you'd have a better podcast. (laughs) I might have a better podcast. (laughs) That's true. Uh, What have you been doing, Carrie? Oh, 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 oh. mixing it up. He looked looked at me. I know. But he threw it to you. I'll catch it. Okay, uh, well, I still have uh, some drama with my my studio. Drama, drama, drama. I know. It's still not cleared up. But on the flip side, um, we ran... I I mentioned that we were gearing up on one of my mushes to... To run a really huge scene and yeah. that happened last week and that cool. was really cool. We actually split it up between three uh, wizards and so it wait, was. Wait, wait, I have an important question. Yes, you call your staff wizards. That that's, is that's a term. That's a mush term. It's a okay. mush thing. Okay, it's cool. kind of like if it's Dungeons and Dragons, it's almost always DM for right, Dungeon right. Masters. Yeah, so mushes are all wizards. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's just a thing. 
Um, but uh, but what was really neat is because the three scenes were all ran at the same time, and like when I like I would tell my the other wizards, hey, someone just pulled the fire alarm. So then they would have the fire alarm going off in their scenes, even though no one had done that in their scene. So it was you know like that's always really exciting. That's really cool. What, when we- it, what? I'm sorry. I was going to say we did something like that at uh, River Valley Rage one time. We, we did. We ran that scene uh, and we broke it into four parts, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because that's actually one of the things that you can't do in tabletop. No, not at all. Is, you know, like, and that's what, where the old saying, you know, uh, never split the party comes yeah. from, is because like all that does is makes the storyteller mad because he can't run two scenes at the same time. So he has to take half the group to the kitchen run yeah. the game and then bring them back and get the other group and br- run that. And it's always like a as a tabletop game runner, it's kind of a hassle. Right. But there's something really exciting when you do it like in, in, especially in a mush. Right. There's something really super exciting because like it's it, it makes the universe feel really connected. Because things are happening. Yes. yes. At the yeah, it's like, you know, did you hear the fire alarm? Yeah. Well, you know, I heard that Joey's the one that pulled it, you know, and it's just that's fun. Um, and then the other really cool thing that happened is I got my uh, Changeling 20th book. Ah, I'm so jealous. The 20th anniversary oh. Changeling yeah, it's book. it's so pretty. <laughs> it's ah! le- leather bound with gold shiny. Oh, it smells so good. That was kind of yeah. uh, strange. No, book <laughs> it smell. It does, it does. Yeah. Book <laughs> smell good. That's awesome. Changeling is your favorite, right? It is, it is. That, that drives me crazy because I got the V20 book, which... Is great. You right? actually ended up with like two of I them. I wound up with two of them. But the problem is, is that like, I like Vampire, but of the three big ones, it's my least favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's the only one I actually got the book for. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get them on Drive Through RPG. They're just not the leather bound fancy ones. I know, ones, I want the but... leather bound fancy ones. <laughs> but I'm not going to pay the what, five or six hundred dollars it is on eBay to get one now. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll let you hold mine. Yeah. Oh, it's not the same. <laughs> there are, there so. are days when I have bills and I think, ooh, I've I got could, three of these now. I'll take those three and dump them for, you know, sixteen hundred. Dollars and then just buy the thirty dollar copy on drive through. <laughs> is it only is, is it thirty dollars on drive through? Uh, it's, it's probably fifty, but I yeah. mean still. Well, fifty's fair. I was just curious. Yeah, fifty bucks for a for a book that you know you're making eight hundred dollars on it afterward. You know, like the the difference. Oh yeah, we're not selling my book. <laughs> I know. All yeah. right. It is Next a, time they do one of these, we should kickstart it like ten times. I'll tell It'll you, it'll be our investment. Yeah, the yeah. twentieth. Onyx Path has done a fantastic job of these old 20th anniversary books. Yes. Their, their deluxe versions they're are beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, and they don't fall apart. Like they're not crappy, crappily bound. Crappily bound. That's, that's is, it, is it cheap glue or what uh, that causes that? Yeah. yeah, it's usually it's cheap glue or it's uh, uh, like the sometimes it's just that like for example one of the the BNS book the werewolf book for BNS has it, it comes apart pretty pretty roughly and. Uh, Part of that is because just it, it's hard to bind a book of that thickness, um, and and when you have a hardcover book of that thickness, you actually it want, it needs to be a, a sewn bound right. as opposed to a glue bound. Okay, and I don't have a physical copy of that one yet. Either. Yeah, and a, a sewn the a sewn bound version uh, like would way cost stronger. you and way way more expensive. Okay. Sure. Yeah, it's not practical. So. Oh, that's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. We used to run into that a lot when I was wargaming because they would have some decently thick rule books, but most of them had cheap bindings. Right. In fact, I started taking all the taking them apart, the books apart, and just three hole punching them. No, no. Them well, I would three hole. I would put them in the the cover sleeves. sleeves. Yeah. 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 And, just and, and make a 
binder out of it. Yeah. Sure. And plus, you always had like 10 books you were looking for rules across, and you could bind it all in one big book. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Or separate, like put all the put all the, the powers in one book and yeah, the yeah. character creation in another, and then you can have people do different things to you. So that makes sense. Yeah. So fine. what have you been up to, Ryan? Uh, I think that Ashley and I have figured out our character creation issue with Woo-hoo! the gun belt. Really? Yeah. So that's exciting. We need to do a play um, test as soon as we, we get up We do need outage. to do another play test. Yeah. Uh, I've I've also had another request to be involved in the playtest nice. as well. Sweet. <laughs> it's exciting. Charlie has so cool. Uh, so we've we've figured out that we'll have enough people to split the party, right? <laughs> well, now that we now that we figured out the the problem, we have to flesh out the solution. Uh, but that's okay. That's a better problem, right? You know, we're right. not stuck. We were feeling like we were stalled, and it was a little frustrating. But uh, so we figured we figured out that dilemma and are ready to move on. And I think I'm going to just pull together a few uh, just uh, random like, hey, you guys want to try this at Lexicon? That would be fun. We had hoped to have like a preview, a little preview version that we could sell for like five or ten bucks that was just Xerox. But I I don't think, I think the dilemma we had held us up too long and it's not going to happen. But I think it's better to wait and produce. It needs to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's it. That's And there's plenty of cons coming up. Oh, yeah. You can find one to hit. Yeah, it's cool. So um, before we get started, I just want to note that because our opening story today was about a LARP that Carrie was at and somebody had mentioned that, you know, our, our, some of our, our shows have been a little LARP heavy and I just want to point out that, uh, okay, episode two was LARP heavy because right now buzzwords is sort of a A LARP thing thing in LARP right now. So it was a very timely topic, but. Um, most of this stuff that we talk about, just because the examples might be LARP or it might be a mush example or even if it's a tabletop example, the theories, the, 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 they cross all of those things. You know, a plot is a plot is a plot. A, a bad character is a bad character. You know, and, and so just because the example is LARP, think about how you can apply it to your tabletop game or your mush or if the example is mush or, or tabletop, vice versa. Um, and... Uh, no, they're right. We do need to hit some more tabletop examples. Yeah, That's really on you, because you're the one in tabletops more than the rest of us. What is with you guys? Tabletop? Why don't you run a tabletop game for us? Well, I ran a tabletop game for two years, and y'all live an hour and a half away, so... Yeah. <laughs> you're, wow. It's hard to get you to drive down to record a podcast, much less uh, right. play a tabletop game. Is maybe week. the problem that you live an hour and a half away? Uh, not that I do. I'm know. just saying. All right, Cleveland's not a great city. No kidding. <laughs> All right, let's go. To, let, no, it's the city with spirit, and we just had a bacon festival. You did have a bacon festival. Anything to trick people into going to the city. All right, understand. let's go, let's go to combat rounds. Okay, well, here we are in combat rounds, and today's topic is. Something that I have kind of come to dub the unpermissibles. Uh, And the name has kind of caught on in our local groups and stuff, so we're going to call it that here. So let's talk a little bit about the unpermissibles. The unpermissibles are the five plot things that I kind of feel like you should just never run. And I find very, very, very few people disagree with it when they talk about it. So let's talk about them. Before we go any further... Because we have a lot of people listening to podcasts. I think we should go ahead and say, hey, this is a triggering topic because these things are pretty heavy. And and that's why you shouldn't run them. And that's why you shouldn't <laughs> run them as a general rule. As a general rule. All right. So the unpermissibles are rape, child abuse, pregnancy, abortion, and miscarriage. 
Um, and typically the reason that you don't want to run these five things uh, is because we don't know what's going on in our players' lives. We don't know what's a trigger for them. We don't know what they like or don't like. And they're just kind of too sensitive to shove into play uh, unawares. Like what happened to you, Carrie. <laughs> yeah. I, I still can't believe that even even back then that a storyteller would think it's okay to just have every female with their game be pregnant. Yeah, he and he was very proud of himself too. It was it was very clear he was being edgy. I don't know how was, I feel about edgy. And was, you know, you look at this plot that I've made for all of the girls in the game. And it's like, girls don't <laughs> For the want, girls. Yeah, it's like, girls don't want that kind of plot. So he truly thought he was handing all of the females in attendance a plot kernel. Yep. He certainly did. That's crazy. And there, I mean, for real, I had girls walking up to me in tears. Mm. And, you know, and I, I actually had to tell him, if I have to take this to the higher ups in the org, I will. This is not happening. And then we just hand waved and said none of our people it affected. Which is a shame that you would have to even have to to, well, to do yeah. something like that. I That's mean, a- as soon as soon as someone walked up and said, "I'm uncomfortable with this," he should have said, "Okay." Was this a like a younger guy? No. No. Uh, <laughs> it, it, but it was someone who didn't have children. So in this instance, it was just this mass pregnancy plot. Yeah. And then the out was uh, either a miscarriage or an abortion. Or you have this mysterious baby, I guess. And what happened in the very first, um, in the first time that it happened? <laughs> the, the first time it happened, I had the storyteller pull me off and told my character that, well, you're late. Meaning with my period. Yeah. Oh, I thought you me- he meant for game. For game, yeah. no. You, just, you showed up late. Like, and I was just you? like, that's not what he would. That's not possible. My character, you know, like yeah. I don't role play that part of the character. Well, more than that, wasn't it a werewolf game? And that character was a menace. Yeah, which meant she was sterile to begin with. So like, I was like, my character doesn't even have a period. This makes no sense. And he found something in one of the books that was like this evil spirit can. Make people pregnant. I, I think an issue with White Wolf Games has always been that that they are edgy, and because that edginess, you don't need to run those parts in really large games. I think that wait, the books are edgy, yes. and so it inspires story yeah. storytellers to be edgy. But the problem is, uh, and this may or may not even be true of the people who wrote the books, but but it's certainly true of most storytellers, is you can't hand a 20-year-old a book that says, be edgy. Right. And expect them to be edgy in a mature way, uh, generally. I, well, the comment I have on the unpermissibles as a whole is, nothing is unpermissible. You just have to have good communication. However, when you're running for 100 people or even 20 people, or even 10 people that you don't personally know very, very well, you shouldn't do these things. Right. Right. There should always be a communication. What about you, Jason? Have you ever had one of the unpermissibles run for you in an unwelcomed fashion? Well, I think I talked about this briefly before, but there was a storyteller who ran a a child abuse plotline in which this Fomori, you know, from, from Werewolf, was uh, abducting kids, and 
he wasn't actually molesting them. But what he was doing was using some weird power to, to create images that looked like he was. And the entire plot line was to, to make the, the, the werewolves frenzy. Because fren- werewolves will frenzy if they're upset too much. Right. And a lot of the players actually got pretty upset about it. I didn't because that's not something I've ever been directly exposed to. So right. it doesn't trigger me in any way or anything like that. Uh, and I, I have to say, unfortunately, I didn't recognize that other players would be upset. And, and this person was actually reported to National for running it. He had no intention of upsetting anybody. And his feeling was that, hey, these images are fake. So what's the big deal? But the players didn't know that. And on top of that, there was a bunch of fake images of child molestation floating around in our game. Not physical copies, but right. people had seen them right. and talked about them. And it got talked about all over the place because that was the thing he was running. And again, I don't think he had any intention of upsetting people because he said, hey, it's not real, and you're going to get to to kill this guy. That's the whole plot, right? Yeah. But it doesn't matter. People get really upset out of game. I think most of the time the unpermissibles get run. I really do think it tracks back to this idea of of let's be edgy. Yes. You know, my, yes. Look how mature my game is. Right. I'm running rape, child abuse, pregnancy, abortion, and miscarriage in my game. And those are the the, the big <laughs> five, the right? Principles, right? You know, and I think it's because storytellers think they're being they're adding this element of risk, of risque and risk and and danger to the game. Uh, but the you know the I yeah, had, but the real danger is no one's going to come back to the game. Right. Well. Well, I mean, you're very. The first, real danger is that you actually hurt somebody. Yeah. Right. I carry your very first tabletop game turned into a rape festival. Yeah, it was terrible. And and that game was quickly wrapped up, ended, and the storyteller went on to run for other people. Yep. And I, I'm glad that that person recognized that it was not acceptable well, to run I, that I kind don't, of content. I don't think anyone ever like twists their uh, their curly mustache and goes, "Today at game, I'm going to run a, an abortion," you know, or something terrible. You know, like <laughs> I don't. Right. I don't think anyone's ever like, I'm going to go upset people today. Right. Well, I have to say, I even ran a plot line one time where, uh, well, again, werewolf, because werewolf is the edgiest of them. Where, it's so weird because it shouldn't be. Well, it, no, it is because it deals with that sort of thing the most. It's, right. well, there's it's, so much of the story that involves sexual On the conscience. surface, on the surface, it seems like the one that would be least. Right. But it, it, when you read them, it actually is the most. Yeah. It, mine was about somebody who was like, I, b- I want to say they were bombing an abortion clinic and the characters had to... See, I thought, hey, cool moral decision. They have to decide what they're going to do here, right? Yeah. right? What would your character do? Because werewolves are very much tied up in... They're pro-pregnancy, I should say, as yeah. a general rule. And uh, one of the players who... He's just... Was very pro-choice and he felt like that... You were shoving your politics in his yes, face? Yes, that, that we were making a statement about it. And I'm like, I'm not trying to make a statement. I'm trying to say, hey, cool moral choice. And also, uh, I described there being spirits there uh, that were like despair and unhappiness. Because to my thought is that no matter why you're there or what's going on in your life, it's usually not a happy event. Right. And looking back, that person got very upset. And he was rightful to. Because you know, it uh, did upset him. You were trying to be edgy. Yes, I was trying to be edgy. I feel like there are just certain things that, as storytellers, don't talk about it at the dinner table. Maybe don't run it at game. You know, that's pretty. That's pretty fair. Yeah. Right. 
<clears throat> especially if you're running for people you don't know well. Yeah. I, I think that one of the things about the unpermissibles is that they are less risky with your five best friends sitting at the dinner table playing a role-playing game than they are when you're running a Gen Con convention game for 200 people. Or Absolutely. you're running a mush where you don't know these people at all. At all, right. So you're saying that maybe... The impermissibles are most permissible for tabletop. Well, I don't. I don't like the idea that they're ever like more permissible. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be clear. I'm not. So um, what you're really saying though I'm, is what I'm saying is you are less likely to offend your friends who are close to you because you know what they do and do not tolerate. Yes, that's fair. That's yeah. that's what I'm getting at. I think something we've talked about before when I first read this part of your book was that uh, whatever value you think these are going to add. It's never going to be as much as the value they take away. Yes, very much so. So no matter how, like, ooh, cool, edgy content, it's never going to be as good as just running a good plot. I've always kind of believed that the if the unpermissibles had a place in a game at all, it is in background history. Like, when my character was six, something bad happened to him. And, and you know, like, they are not, I don't think of them as story. Sometimes they can be catalysts for story. Right. Like, you know, the catalyst was when I was a kid, I had a, a creepy uncle, but, but today my, my character has grown up to be driven by those, by that badness to do good or whatever. Uh, I don't think that role-playing them at the table is, is good story. It's, it's a, you know, they're turning points and not all turning points are strong. Right. So several decades ago. You were so old. I, I know. So like, when you were you're the, <laughs> Back before I was a legend. When in I the, was. Back in the before time. When, when I did you was just that? a tall tale. Oh my goodness. So way back in the day, I used to require that people hand me a, a written history before they would play my LARP. Right. Just because I, I wanted to know everything. And we would take these written histories, and myself and my staff, we would actually read them out loud. Like, if we got a new one, someone would read it out loud while the rest of us listened, and we talk about it and figure out how we could connect that history to the game we were running. And we had a girl show up, hand us her history, and it was hentai. Oh, I mean, it was... What kind of game was this? This was a werewolf game. Oh, of course, it, it was a werewolf game. <laughs> um, it, but it was like every unpermissible was in her background. And on top of that, tentacles? And tentacles. <laughs> the tentacles caused some of the <laughs> stuff. To be fair, so, a werewolf is a hentai game. Uh, <laughs> it, and it was like, she was so dead set. This is what has made my character. And that we finally had to tell her, that's great. This is your history. You can't ever talk about it in game. And she was fine with that. And that's the thing is, I think that rape is, again, this easy example, but it could be a miscarriage Mm -hmm. or it could be you were abused as a child or, or whatever. Having an abortion is not a good story. Taking the fact that you had one in your past... Having it change you in some way to empower you, then that that is story. That empowerment is story. Right, but the change the, is story. Yeah, but the actual moment that it occurred is it's a pivot point. 
It's not. Yeah. It's not a. It's not forward momentum. I understand. Right. So I think basically what we're we're realizing, or, or kind of as we're kind of talking here, is that that the unpermissibles tend to be run for one of two reasons: either either ignorance or an attempt to be edgy. Yes. Would you say that's the case? Because yeah. like you ran it because it it never occurred to you that it could be bad. Right. And I even played a character who had this in this sort of thing in their backstory before right. too. And I think sometimes it's both. Maybe it's an ignorance that makes you think it's edgy. Right. Sometimes. No, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, have you noticed that a lot of gaming orgs, and I'm not sure about the tabletop world, but a lot of LARP orgs are basically banning all of this? That is coming from the mush world, believe it or not. Uh, in in mushes and muds and mucks, whatever you, you know, they're, they Whatever are, your variety. Many of them, like right on their wiki page or their homepage or in their character creation, they go right out and they say it. They say... You know, rape exists in this universe, but not in our game. They're they're very upfront, just like it's not in your history, it's not in your discussion, it's not in your future. It uh, it's nothing. The concept exists, but the act does not. Ever. Well, in Dystopia Rising, I believe you can't even mention it. It can't be in your history. It can never have happened to you, and you can't have ever done it. Obviously, right. Uh, and there's lots of content like that that they've just disallowed completely because. Again, it doesn't add enough to the game to be Absolutely. worth it, all the people it helps upset. Right. And I even saw an argument between two people who one said, look, I don't want to interact with that content at all. So you having it in your history means I might have to interact with it, and I don't want to. Right. So it's fair to say no unpermissibles in the history as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, actually, I actually had someone run it for me. Uh, kind of as a hindsight plot twist. Right. Um, and uh, it was very upsetting for me when I, it was <laughs> it was a werewolf game. <laughs> like almost always. <laughs> and in this I werewolf... I promise we play something else. We you play know, other well, we do play is other games. The, is the most unpermissible of the games. It's true. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are mechanics in the werewolf book where you can use... You can roll dice to use your werewolf's rage... To make entire rooms filled with people incredibly, irresistibly horny. In is the which books. Which, which edition was that? Uh, it's a, I, I want to say that it's it's the um, second ed revised tabletop book. Okay. If I recall correctly. Because I've only played that one once. So, uh, you know, I mean, but we're also talking. Well, and we know that the, the Metis Frenzy mechanic involves... Uh, Sexual content, right? Yeah. Right, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it's the one that makes you like attack people's genitals and stuff crazy. And it's I think bizarre. even it even mentioned one of the versions even mentions uh, going so far as to attempting to mate with the dead bodies. Oh, right. I, I Carrie's giving us our Carrie face. White Wolf, <laughs> the, historically old White Wolf games were very much they were trying so hard to be edgy uh, and. Part of it, too, is, you know, culture has changed a lot. We, yes. are, we are, as a culture, much more aware of uh, inappropriateness And the today harm that stuff like that we can do. in the 90s, right. But in the 90s, I mean, someone was like, you know, it would be a good idea for a book, gypsies. Right? 
You know, yeah. you're not even really supposed to say that word anymore. I know, Ryan. and now it's <laughs> but that and now that book is considered by almost every gamer in every genre ever. It's considered to be like it's the go to it's the go to example of don't uh, do this, don't do this. Yeah, it, right. it's brought up more than the old slave girl uh, miniature set for D and D. Right, <laughs> it really is. Yes, you know, I mean, every not that either one of those is really of super appropriate. Every clan or and tribe was some sort of cultural appropriation for yes. the, the place that the clan or tribe or whatever came from. So, anyway. But then that book is still worse than all of them. <laughs> that book is still worse than all of them. Right. So having said all of that, um, I had a character who was a werewolf who used, there is a, a gift, that's their magic powers, that was called persuasion, and it would make people more open to the things that you suggest to you. Right. right? And my character was, um, I was playing a, a teenager and... Um, this there was this very attractive NPC who kind of liked me, but my, who kind of liked my character, but wasn't really pursuing it. And my character used persuasion when he hit on her, and they ended up, uh, you know, going back right. to to one of their places and doing the thing. And and then like two weeks later, at the the next time we played. Um, she was accusing my character, this character was accusing my character of having raped her. Because you used a magical because power. Because I used a magical power to convince her. Um, and as That's a, a fair statement. As a player, um, you know, as a player, in, initially, I was very much adamant, like, my character did not rape this other character. She was into him already. He just used it to get over his social idiocies or whatever. Um, today... You know, fifteen years later, I look back and I'm like, "Well, yeah, no, that's yeah." He kind of, you know, he definitely did kind of I, run that route. I didn't rape her, but I did give her that date rape drug. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think some of it is is we we get more mature and we under we have a better understanding of the world around us, and we, uh, you know, we we appreciate these horrible, just how horrible. Well, these we have things. more empathy for. Everything. Right. But here's the thing. The reason I told this story is because at the time, the storyteller who decided that my character had raped her, like, he could have chosen to just let this move on. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He said, you know what would be edgy? It's yeah. For, for him to now come, for this girl, to, this NPC to now come back and say, you know, that your PC raped her because you used this magical power. On the one hand, he was trying, he was creating empathy. But on the other hand, he was really just making more unpermissibles. Yep. Right, exactly. Because yeah. you know what? Did she get pregnant? <laughs> no, I, I had to have an abortion. I think I was pretty clear about my distaste for where that plot had went. Mm-hmm. That, that he didn't take it any farther. But well, I mean, I'm glad your storyteller listened to you with that. I know. Well, well he is a tall man. But it <laughs> helps, doesn't it? I, yeah. go, I mean, but today I go back and I'm like, oh my gosh, what? A, I can't. I shouldn't have run that at all. I, I, could, I can't believe my character went that route. Yeah. Like it never, never even occurred to me that that was what that was. Well, I think all mind control powers can Are be very problematic. Problematic yeah. with a capital B. Yeah. Uh, and. For example, and I know this is another LARP example, I was talking to some Bofferlark friends, and they essentially said, uh, mechanics in which I dictate the actions of another player are never acceptable. It's not a terrible rule. I don't 100% agree with that. I think there are circumstances that you can use mind control powers. Vampires can summon other characters. 
That's okay. That doesn't. I've lost seem some so agency, bad. but there's usually some sort of story. Though to be fair, it's usually a kill box. But even summons though comes with like if you think you're going to meet someone in a that could endanger you, you could spend ten minutes to call your friends. Right. So you have some agency. A still. little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. It shoots up the middle. It does. It does. And I think there's a place for that. Uh, I'm I'm concerned about powers like dominate that are strictly I tell you what to do. Yeah. It's one thing when you use it on NPCs, but it's never just NPCs. But I don't even know. I, I'm kind of, especially with my experience with the where, like, I had... Has it made you feel sketchy about I, them all? Because it's made me sketchy, feel sketchy about them all. Like, I mean, because I'm a pretty nice guy. Like, I, well. rape, rape is not something that... Uh, you know that you really even want to role play. It's, well, yeah, it's it's uh, that's just not a hobby I pursue. You're right, right. And, uh, <laughs> thanks. I'd like to say for all the female gamers out there, thanks. Well, I mean, to be fair, he's pretty handsome. <laughs> but I'm not as tall as I think. You're I not am. as tall as you think you are. So I'm but, glad I got at least one review. But you know, that's some. That's not a. It's not a story that I even think is fun for fiction. You know, and so. Uh, no, it, I don't like reading that sort of thing right. or, or watching it on television. And so None having, of these I really want to watch. Having stumbled into it like that, um, you know, it, it does. It bothers me. with. I mean, like, because Dominate, Dominate would be even worse than Persuasion. It's obvious, Like, then. with Persuasion, my character still had to hit on her. Like, he still had to, you know, like... But with Dominate, you can just with say... With Dominate, you happens. can just say, you are going to my bedroom now. Yeah. Right? Um, like that's a problem, especially, and then you have like newer systems where like there's not even a die roll for it, you know, well, or a challenge, I, like just, you know, dominate works on humans. I hate seduction rolls in tabletop role-playing games. <laughs> I really do because I get that it's not a, first of all, you're, you're pushing it towards impermissible range immediately. Right. Because you've got a role. You've created a role for doing those things. That determines when someone's going to have sex with me, not role-play. Right. And... Also, I try to avoid sexual content and as a general rule, though I've been guilty of using it. Right. Well, seduction is specifically, is even by its term, sexual. Yes. Like, couldn't it just be charisma? At least then charisma isn't steering your mind that way. Like, at least if you roll... Yeah, if you create a mechanic, people will use it. Right. Never Never put something in your game that you don't intend or want your players to do. And think about the things you put in your game... Because that explicitly is pushing the game in that direction. Yeah. Well, I actually wanted to add on to that there is actually an unpermissible that you don't have listed. And that's animal abuse. Yeah, animal abuse. That's a good one. That's a good it, one. You know, it's it's one of those, it's kind of like a... Is it like the cats that you killed? Yeah, it's like the cats I killed that I talked about. Like, I had no idea. That yeah, I thought I, w- I thought I was being edgy. I right. thought I was giving them a good story. And what I did was I really upset and hurt one of my players. Me and my wife play the the Fallout game together a lot, Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. And she was sold immediately when she found out that you got a dog because, of course, she loves animals. Mm-hmm. But she was terrified forever that something would happen to the dog. Right, because that's edgy. Because that's she thought, oh, there's something's going to happen to this dog or we're going to be in combat and this dog's going to get killed while we can't help it. Yeah. Right? And the only reason why I was able to... Like, come on, let's let's see if it's any good. Was we looked up? Can the dog be killed? Right. And when we found out, no, it can't. She's like, I'm I'm in. 
I've got an immortal dog pet. <laughs> I'm happy now. And it, it was it was fun because no matter all the other options of people to bring with you, she's like, nope, we're bringing the dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As a typical rule, like sort of my general when I'm running a staff or running a game of my own, like I kind of feel like the unpermissibles are just, you know, we don't run them. That's right. kind of my my staff go-to rule. But let's say you're in an environment where it is more safe. Okay. Yeah, you're at that, that small tabletop game. You're at that small tabletop game with your close friends. Um, or the intimate LARP in which everybody's decided ahead of time, this right. is the sort of game we're running. Let's talk about, in those instances, how do you run the unpermissibles? How do you make an unpermissible permissible? Carrie's probably the best at this. She's the terrible. You're the legend. You're the best at running stuff that other people Your can't. Your characters have been uh, through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I usually do not. Uh, okay. The only unpermissible I'm, I find, I catch myself leaning towards sometimes in a story is child abuse. Right. Um, it's an easy trigger. Well, it's not. It's, it's not edgy, that. Jason. It no, is very edgy. It's because you can save the child. Yes. Like that's the one. That's the one out of that that you can be like, and it has a happy ending because we have saved these children and we can put them in good homes or adopt them or or whatever. Um, and later I, on, when they remember this tragic event uh, in which giant. Three okay. people save no. them. This They'll be the, fine. But I think this is what you're poking at is this, the thing that I was talking about earlier is this idea that the unpermissibles are actually uh, – they're pivot points. They're not They're not good story. It's reactions. It's the, it's the reactions yeah. that are good stories. So like the, the abuse of the child is not the good story. The good story is your characters heroically yes. save and rescue this child from this horrible thing. Right. And so I, I will admit, sometimes I catch myself and then I have to go, hey guys, this, this scene's going to be a little dark. Mm-hmm. If no one wants to you know, opt out now, it won't be held against you. Right. Okay. Um, and I've also had situations where a player has come up to me and asked like, I want something bad to happen to my character so I can work through this. You've had a request yes. for an unpermissible. Yes. Interesting. Um, she asked me How to... How edgy. How edgy. Um, it was a little edgy. Um, but she asked me, but it, it didn't get so far as to actually do any of the unpermissibles, but it, they brushed up, she brushed up against it, and then she got to get angry about it. I remember this plot line. Yes. Because that person was a kinfolk of mine, and yes. I had no idea what was going on. Right. <laughs> and, you know, she got to, her character got to get angry. The player got to have that bleed of getting angry and then getting to defeat what she was getting angry, you know, of those, those bad guys that were doing those things or trying to do those things so, to her. So what you're really saying is, is that uh, the impermissibles are bad, but occasionally having them nearby. Again, it's that pivot point. Yes. It's the reaction that is the good story. Cre- creating reactions, not going right. through and the sequence. I think that's the that's kind of the the real misconception is is they they favor the edge over the story. Right. Story's always better. Yeah. Um and then the um the um, I, I've been thinking about this like, you know, when have I ran them? What how did I do them? Right. I once participated on a staff that had decided they were going to run a worm game. 
And for those of you that don't know what that is, uh, that is a, a white wolf game. It's a werewolf evil game. It's it, like it, a it's, chaotic evil game. Yeah, it's a chaotic evil LARP, yeah. which, you know, I will say this. The costumes were on par. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh. I, I went to a Sabant game once in New Orleans, and I'm like, you guys need to come over to the cam game and show these people how to how dress. How to dress. Right? Yes. Right. Because this dress. is amazing. Um, <laughs> evil people dress better. It's, it's, it's a true. Yeah. And so... As a storyteller, I went, okay, everybody that at the, at the beginning of game, we said, guys, this is going to be a terrible game. Mm-hmm. There are going to be terrible things, all these, you know. <laughs> Trigger warning, everything. this game. Yeah. This game. <laughs> and, and it was. And, like, I had several people who went, I didn't know you would run something like this. And I was like, I, I told you. That's what we were intended to run. We talked about it ahead Yeah, of time. I, I told you guys, but... um. And after I ran that game, I went, I don't ever have to run anything like that again, because it was terrible. This I is, didn't enjoy running that game. This is, we're starting to get into that whole Nordic danger. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that's the reason why there's so many calibration tools in Nordic games, right. is because it allows them to brush closer to this sort of thing. And because of that, they feel safer. Though I read a great article not long ago about how that some people... This guy referred to it as hack safety mechanics because if you intimately understand how the mechanics work, because mechanics are mechanics, then you can use them to your advantage and to push people into places they don't necessarily want to go. Man, power gaming the X card on the table. It's That's a thing. terrible. It's a yeah. thing. People power game anything you give them. People, people play suck. systems. Uh, in fact, he applied that to orgs. He said orgs have an obligation to make sure that their safety in and out of game is is hacker proof because somebody will power game it. They'll play the system, not the setting. Right. Well, I think the first safeguard that you really need to consider if you're gonna run an unpermissible is that it has to arrive there organically. The unpermissible yeah. should never be uh, the the planned plot point you're moving towards. You know, when you're when you're thinking, okay, tonight at game, okay, we need to get all of the good guys to be at the bad guy's house so that they can try to roll him, yes. right? That's okay. That's Kill. fine. What you shouldn't be doing is sitting around going, okay, tonight at game, we need to get character X to the bad guy's house so that he can uh, molest her. Right. Right. It yeah. should never happen as a planned plot. Uh, although it's interesting with the what you were talking about, where it was requested, but it also doesn't sound like you full out ran it either. No, and and that was it was more of a collaborative. Right. Well, anything like this has to have a level of it collaboration more yeah. so than normal. Yes. And I think that uh, it has to end up at the point where you can no longer ignore the unpermissible as being the most likely possible outcome. You know, it should be the last resort. Yes. <laughs> I, I still think that it's something that you should, as a general rule, completely avoid. Absolutely. Yes. Always. I, I, but if you were going to. It should be arrived at organically. Yeah. All right. I'm also going to say something, and a lot of a lot of people are going to, a lot of guys may groan and moan. I think that girls run the unpermissibles better than guys do. Well, they probably do because, uh, unfortunately, in our society, women are exposed to a lot more stuff like that than men are. And so, like, my advice to storytellers is if you're a guy, just don't. Yeah. It's too easy to come off as creepy. If you run a rape plot line, 
there's going to be some association with this person pretended to rape me. Right. Or, or he's this, thinking about it. Right. It's occurred it. to him at all. Yeah. No. I think yeah. so. I think I, so. I think the same track is you should be very careful with any sort of seduction plot line. Yeah. Because it's, while it's not rape, it runs too close to this idea of, of, of inappropriate sexual content. Right. I think what it, what a better way to say it isn't so much that like a, a, a female storyteller can run it better. I think it's more like a male storyteller running it is feels can feel less safe. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. And feelings of safety are extremely important for game. Way Tabletop, more, LARP, mush, anything. Way more important than actual safety. Because uh, I'll say what, <laughs> just going on the idea that this can also happen in mush, as a, as a staffer, I get pages constantly from people going... It's like a private message. Yeah, which is a private message going, I don't know what so-and-so meant by this. Is he being creepy or am I just being oversensitive? And the the response is almost always that creepy bastard. Yeah. I'll be right back. You know, <laughs> you know and, and so like it that I, I just want to say like that sense of unease mm-hmm. can be felt in any of those games, right? And I think the second safeguard is that the yep. character that it's going to that's going to experience it needs to be a very well fleshed out character that is capable. Of dealing with the unpermissible and the player, right? And well, that's my third, the third Ah. safeguard. So, but the second safeguard is just that some characters are built stronger emotionally. Sure, it's important to make sure that like you're not going to make this character not playable. Right, I've seen that happen. People have uh, had an interaction, usually with one of the impermissibles, and then they're like, "I see no path forward for my character." Yeah, it's. I can't imagine playing them. The pivot point is I make a new character. Right, and that's That's not good story. Nope, no, and that's not good. The story's over. Right, so uh, and tragically, right, (laughs) and then the third safeguard is I think the the most important, which is about the player. Um, Personally, I feel like you have to have a candid discussion. Between the storyteller, or if if you have a staff of storytellers, if you're not tabletop, there's a couple of you, have a couple of you there, because there is safety in numbers Mm -hmm. in conversations like this. Um, Have a conversation where you've got yourself and someone else who is not running the scene. And frankly, if it's a tabletop game, bring another player along that you can trust, that you both trust. If it's a LARP, maybe your player representative, if you have one. Right. Um, and, And then you can actually sit down and say... You know, completely out of character, you are now in a, your character is now at a point where this unpermissible is really close to being the only possible outcome. Um, And as such, we are at the point now where you either, where we either need to make a reason for your character to exit this situation immediately, or we need to talk about the repercussions of staying um, and and make it very clear that look, you could say no. I don't. You know, I want my character to leave now. It's one of those opt in, opt out situations. Absolutely. And and as a storyteller, you have to be prepared to accept. Uh, my no, my character leaves now without question, with no argument. Right. And as a player, this is your moment to be responsible for what is happening to you and your character, and you need to say no. But that goes back to. Almost never run these because <laughs> you don't know if you can handle something until you've experienced it. And yes. even in these pretend situations, you may not be able to handle it. Right. 
And then if the player says, says yes, I want my character to experience this unpermissible, whatever that may be, um, then at that point, the next conversation you need to have with them, again, preferably with another person there, is let's talk about how this scene is run. Because there are really kind of uh, a few ways you can run a bad scene. Like Most this. of them should be fade to black. Most yeah. of <laughs> like I would say ninety nine percent of the time, the way this scene is run, it should be, uh, you know, tomorrow you wake up and you're in the hospital. You know, like yeah. you, there's no reason to you know the the three ways you can run it is the fade to black. Tomorrow you wake up in the hospital. The second way is we narrate it. You know, where we just discuss very briefly, your character is taken into that room and this is this is what happens to them. Tomorrow you wake up in the hospital. (laughs) And then the third way is you actually role play it out, verbally role play it out. I find even saying that that is an option is creepy. Have you, have you noticed that Ryan is blushing just a little bit right now? Because he's like, how do I say this? <laughs> well, these are hard, these are hard yeah. conversations. Yeah, the, the, truth, the truth is, those are your three options. I would tell you 99% of the time, you do option one, fade to black. 1% of the time, you do option two, which is you just narrate and you just go. And never do the and, third and one. The, and you do the third <laughs> option zero times. Zero times. But you should never run on permissibles anyway. That's, that's right. My, that's my, my yeah. ultimate feeling. These, percent, these percentages <laughs> are getting smaller and right. smaller as we go. Uh, the other thing is, uh, not only is it uncomfortable for uh, for players, mm-hmm. but, I mean, as storytellers, we don't want to actually run those things either. You could trigger yourself. If that character yeah. had come up not to you. Not even trigger. I mean, just, you know. Distaste. Yeah, distaste. Nobody, you know. If, uh, if, if. Back uh, in when you know the story that we opened with, where your character got pregnant right mm-hmm. after, right after you had had a miscarriage. Yes. Okay. What if in that same time period, that player you mentioned earlier that came to you requesting an unpermissible mm-hmm. had come to you and said, "Hey, Carrie, my character is is my character is pregnant currently. Um, is would you be willing to run me? Uh, you know, losing the baby. It could be really hard." It would have been just as bad. What I would have done was I would have said, my staff will run that for you. I will be in the room if you'd like, but I will not run that scene. That's fair. But the... the Again, a reason not to have unpermissible content. Right. Because you're still being exposed to it. Yeah. Without, without you being able to opt in or out. Or me or anybody. Yeah. Right. I think that... You know, whatever you decide to do, I mean, ultimately, as a storyteller or as a player, your characters and your games are yours. And, you know, you'll do what you want. Um, But the most important thing is that whatever it is you decide to do is you've got to protect yourself and your players. Yes. You know, there's another aspect of this that I was reading about not long ago. And it's that when people role play things like this, they think that they're getting this really great drama but part of what they're doing is they're playing pretend and having fun with somebody else's terrible experience yeah yeah they're taking hey this terrible thing happened to you i did that last night for fun and there's a level where that's not really cool right you know because we can divide ourselves from like things being stolen from us right because like we've all been robbed in some fashion and it is more hurtful than you think it is. <laughs> yeah. But but you can get over that and move past it as a general rule. 
Trust is a very important thing in role-playing games. Absolutely. Uh, I believe trust enables risk. Yes. Um, if, if I trust you as a storyteller, I am more likely to let you run a scene in which my character is at risk. Yes. Um, if I'm a storyteller and I trust you as a player, uh, I, I trust that, you know, when I have run this plot for you, you're not going to, you know, piss it to the wind. Right. You're not going to ruin it. You're not going to, uh, you know, we've all, especially people who have run mushes or LARPs because it's, you're often running for people you don't know very well. Yes. Um, it is very common to always end up with a person in your game who it feels like they're just there to shit on your plot every night. Well, I you think know, that we like, just had to. Uh, we need to do an episode on game how to breakers. run for those people. Right? How do you run for a game breaker? Because they're there. They're at your game. Right. And so, so they're your player. So I believe that trust enables risk, and this is one of those times where where I don't feel like trust is ever worth the risk. Well, you're <laughs> you're risked. You're anytime you run something like this, you're saying trust me, and if it doesn't play out, they're not going to anymore. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's almost never worth it. I think drama can be a lot of fun, but there are very few people who think, you know what, you know what a fun drama story is? Rape. Miscarriage. Miscarriage, yeah. <laughs> rape, no. Rape make-believe. Molesting kids. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah, it's just, no. It's just, it's just never a fun story. And it's, it's bad that most people who have either run game or played in game have interacted with these plots, and it's almost never been positive. Yeah. Stick to good stories, have good times, and, and your game can be a lot of fun without anybody feeling like crap. We need to do an episode in the future in which we talk about, hey, don't run the permissibles. These are plots that give you similar feelings without Maybe. crossing lines. Okay. One of the things that I find fascinating is that uh, I, I, the three of us are are pretty decent storytellers. Yeah, we're, uh, like we're, and we're pretty decent yeah. players, right? And you know, we, we talk about how we do this podcast not because we are better storytellers and players than others. Just we have a ton of experiences. Sure. And and we all have like combined. And Carrie's got like sixty years of experience. Yeah. Combined, yeah. combined, we like Jason and I combined have like three years of experience. That's right. We throw Carrie and it's like two centuries. Yeah. <laughs> and the but so we we have all played and ran a lot. What you're trying to say is we've crossed a bunch of lines, and we regret it. (laughs) (laughs) And we have learned from our mistakes. Right. Like, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated at the fact that all three of us actually had a story where, like, we did... We did the thing. We participated in an unpermissible as a story plot. Like, you know, today, I think, I can't imagine Jason or Carrie or myself ever thinking, you know, it'll be a good story here. Like, it just would never cross our minds, but... You know, we were all young and thought we were edgy. I think it's something that uh, (laughs) I have to guard myself against because it's easy to to say I want to run a really dark and edgy horror game when, you know what, it's – even most horror movies, the plot is about your lack of control, not sexual content. And if you think about Hitchcock, his – you know, Alfred Hitchcock's – one of his famous filmmaking adages was um, what happens behind the door that is closed – is way scarier than anything that you could experience on screen. Yes. Absolutely. And I think that that holds true in role-playing games, especially like with the unpermissibles, you know? Well, you can still have that horror behind the door <laughs> and avoid sexual content. Right. Because that's really what most of this is, is it comes down to sexual content that people are not interested in. Yeah. And, again, that should be avoided. Keep it unpermissible. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, jump out of combat rounds, and we will go to game wrap. (laughs) 
Alright guys, let's go ahead and do game wrap. Before we do that, we should share where we can be found at. You can find us at honorrollpodcast.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher and all sorts of other places where podcasts can be found. You can go to facebook.com slash honorrollpodcast or you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash honorrollpodcast and that will take you to where... You can leave us thoughts and uh, yeah, please discuss and complain. And we and we actually do listen. Yeah, that's we right. do read it. And, and you can send us an email uh, at hosts at honorrollpodcast.com or you can send it to Jason at honorrollpodcast.com or Carrie at honorrollpodcast.com. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. or Ryan at podcast. But you're podcast. still checking all those, right? No, they, they go to each of you. Uh, it's crazy. I like it host at honorroll because then you have that's to check it all. Hosts, plural. Hosts, yes. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and give XP, and then uh, everybody can uh, get on off to, to afters at Denny's. Yes. Uh, Jason. Denny's. Oof. I know. You're Jason, old. You're so old. You. <laughs> Jason, you're getting four XP for attendance. Oh, great. Uh, uh, you're getting two XP for being on time. Uh, yes. And you are getting three XP for uh, just being you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm now level one. That's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Leveling up. All right, and Carrie, you're getting uh, two XP for attendance. You're a little bit what? lower. Well, you were late. You were late, uh, and but not in that unpermissible way. Okay. She, I think, gets ten XP for having the most unpermissible things happen to her characters <sighs> over over time. So much. It's crazy. So should we give all of our women gamer listeners like <sighs> an extra five XP for I, having to put I'm, up with this? I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. Just, it's just an bonus. apology. Just That's tell right. your storytellers we awarded you five extra XP in your game. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, in, until next time, uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Carrie. I'm Jason. And remember, the only way to win at an RPG is to have fun. Join us next week when our topic is the new trend in tabletop role-playing game in which instead of using miniatures, you use Hot Wheels cars. Vroom, vroom. I think we should just Play-Doh. We could j- just do a live play with that. Oh. Ooh, a live play with Play-Doh. There we go, Sean. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> <laughs>